podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Jonathan Pierce. Harry Kandler has jumped in and seen a kung fu kick. A fan. Terry Alderton. Do you like shoes, madam? And friends. <laughs> <laughs> JP. The mad side of genius. And T. Good to meet you, love. The football friendly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to JP and T and the oh. football friendly. And we're back. This is Terry Alderton after the international break. Yes. I went to Spain for a week and lay on a beach. And went into the sea, had to get up quickly because the Japanese waiting boats came over the horizon, to be honest. As soon as they saw me, that was it. Well, I tell you what, I've had a, I've had a busy week. You know, obviously, you know, I'm a PR specialist for Russell Brand, so it's been a bit. It's been a bit. And what with me, F, you know, CIA work and me FBI work, it's been a nightmare, man. So you've been lucky landing on the beach. Well, I tell you, I came back, I saw a fantastic game at West Ham on Saturday. West Ham United against Manchester City. Brilliant game. West Ham played really well. Manchester City could have scored 10. And then again, I did them for the world feed, uh, the commentary that went out to the world last night in the Champions League. Manchester City um, coming from behind. Because we do it for the world feed, we can't call them mm-hmm. Red Star Belgrade, not allowed to. Have to call them Stena Zvezda for 90 minutes, which is a bit of a mouthful. Is that to do with the, the Ukrainian business? In no, you, you have to, because effectively the world feed uh, goes through UEFA, so you have to abide by UEFA. We can't call it the Czech Republic anymore, it has to be called Czechia. Turkey has to be called oh, Turkey. And um, Colchester United, well, we don't actually mention them because uh, that's it. Uh, but, you know, when I was doing this, um, and I know we've spoken about it beforehand because yeah. and it really struck me last night. Spanish Vesta brought on two substitutes, didn't cost a penny. Manchester City brought on two substitutes that cost about 100 million. And, and the imbalance in the Champions League is very evident. The imbalance in the Premier League is very evident. And then I go back to my old club, Bristol City, and I think of that reunion that I went to in nineteen in uh, 2022 to remember the Ashton Gate 8 who tore up their contracts to save that football club. All friends of mine, mm-hmm. they know me all my life. And they gave up their career. And in 1982, Terry Alderton, we were told by the football authorities this would never happen again. No club would be in peril by this. And I know how dear Southend United are to your heart. And, and you and I have spoken about this. We need, we need to get this message out that this is happening again and again and yep. again. And, well, they said after Berry, it wouldn't happen. Berry was the last time it would happen. That's right. So this is why we've got our special guest on. You can introduce him because he's a friend of yours. And what we're going to be talking about today? Well, my friend is on today. Uh, I've known him a long time. Uh, we're not going to talk about. He's a South End United manager, but we're not going to make it a South End thing about me being a fan. This is about football and peril and um, fans being shafted. Uh, so I'm pleased to announce that we have 
the wonderful Mr. Kevin Mayer on with us today. All right, Kev, Kevs. How are you? Tell, good to see you, mate. Good to see you, pal. Thanks for coming on. So, Kevin, I mean, where do we start? I mean, where do we start? Uh, uh, Jonathan, you're, I'll bring you up to speed. So, so yeah. basically, the, the club has been uh, potentially wound up 14 times, Kev? Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure on numbers, etc. So that's um, to do with, with taxes uh, and what have you. Uh, also, the fact that um, Ron Martin, who is the chairman, owns uh, 51% of the club, I think, uh, has been playing silly buggers and won't sell the club. But uh, it, it's a lot more than this. It's a lot, lot more than this. Because at the beginning, Kev, when, uh, for people that don't know, Kevin was a player at Southend and, and, a, and a highly regarded player at that. Um, and then you would have played mainly under Ron Martin as chairman. And was it all all right at that point? Yeah. Listen, when I first come, there was, you know, I think he'd just taken over as well as, as chairman. But yeah, no, there was no issues in terms of, you know, the stuff where we're at now. Um, you know, and I was a young player, probably oblivious to, to stuff anyway. Mm. But yeah, there was no issues, you know, as far as I was aware. And, um, you know, as a club and I come and uh, I came from Tottenham, so wide-eyed and a little bit green to, to lower leagues if you want and you know here we are all these years later well the thing the thing was as well we and there were some glory days under Ron you know uh again not wanting to bore people who don't know anything about South End but as a football club there, there were glory days you know there was there was there's championship you got to the championship you know there were cup runs there were cup uh, finals in fact so it wasn't at any point that obviously Ron had no interest in it the chairman what 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 has changed everything? Why has it come to this? No, listen, I, I'm not, you know, privy to loads behind the scenes. But as you say, we had some unbelievable times, and you know, when you, I know how close you are to the club, and you experience that with us. I think, and um, it's just a, a cycle of. It seems the clubs had cycles of success. You know, going back to the David Crown era and the, the like, and you know, with us, with Freddie Eastwood, Mark Gower it goes in cycles and as you say we had great success getting to the championship and cut runs Man United etc um, but yeah the minute where we're at is probably a culmination of, of what's gone on for the last few years if you want and the club the position it's in the league it's in um, you know but you know I even looked last night with the crowd and everything around the place you can see the potential yeah because you're in, you're in real peril now you, you, you won yesterday and, and if you look at the points you've Gathered on the football field, you'd, you'd be sixth. You'd be in a, you'd be in a playoff yeah. position because of the points deduction. You're still scraping along down by the bottom end of the table, and and worse than that, Kevin. I guess the back of your mind is is oblivion for this football club. What what is it like on a day to day basis? Because it's winding up orders hanging over your head every day. Yeah, just for people that don't know, come uh, the sixth, fourth, or sixth of October, uh, there's no buyer. It's game over, Kev. Right. Well, listen, I, I don't know where if that is going to be. The case, um, I think the the last court case, the judge alluded to something along them lines. Um, I'm sure there's people that want to, you know, save the club as as well as uh, keep it going. You know, so there's so much going on that you know it's for, it's difficult for me when I'm I'm trying to concentrate on football, um, you know, and get the players ready to play and, and organised and set up to win football matches. And um, you know, there's an appeal going in on regarding the points deduction. Um, which is due to hopefully a decision soon on that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, on a day-to-day basis, it's been difficult. Um, but I think what makes it, it easier, if you want, is the staff, the players, the fans and everyone together that 
you know, you, you can't look too far ahead. We just, we, we work day to day and, and you know, we do the best we can. So you just keep going as you were. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But you, you were there, you know, you talked about the glory days moments ago. Um, you were there when you beat Manchester United. Remember Manchester United, the, the Premier League champions at the time, um, in, in the League Cup. You won the Football League trophy at the Millennium Stadium. Um, you went to the Millennium Stadium, I think, three times in that, in that period. Yeah. So you were part of that and you, un- and you understood that and you understood what the club meant to the community there. Uh, South End. And we're not yeah. just talking about South End here, we're talking about the role played by every football club in their community. Correct. And here you are being the, at the heart of the community that's going to be ripped out of the community. So what is, how do you feel at the moment in your heart, Kevin? Yeah, listen, I think you, you go back to the times that we were successful and I think you can't not be at a football club as long as I was as a player and now as, you know, as a, I was an under-21 coach and finally manager now that you don't... You, you get to know people. Like I've had people who used to sponsor my shirt who I'm friends with now, tells someone I've got to know for years and years. And you mm-hmm. can't, the relationship you build up around the football club is, that makes you closer to it if you want. Um, and yeah, listen, I can't, you've got to be ever the optimist, I guess, you know, because yes. I, I think I keep looking at the players we've got and I'm going, right, once we get the other side of this and we get a couple of players in to help the team, I think we can be a top team. And that's what, keeps us going and keeps the staff going keeps everyone going because listen there is stuff behind the scenes that we hope comes to fruition um, and if it does then I think we're in an unbelievably good position to go do something in the league and I still believe that yeah, Jonathan you'll, you'll probably know about this why, why, what is with these deductions of points why does it why do they punish the fans I don't ever understand it why, why they, well, they, 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 they see it, they're punishing the football club, aren't they? Because of, of um, financial misdemeanor or, or a lack of financial care, financial management, financial uh, parenting, if you like, of the football club. Uh, and the football authorities don't ever really take the fans into consideration. How, how, you, you tell me, Terry, how are the fans feeling at the moment? Well, everyone's gutted, aren't they? You've, uh, you've never known... Uh, well, I'm sure all fans would be brilliant. I'm sure they would. I mean, you go back to the lights of Bournemouth when they were going out and, you know, there was hundreds of fans turning up and cleaning them, painting the football stands, which the, the the guys have turned up recently and cleaned the stands before the game and got the got the game, the, sorry, the stadium ready for the season. You know, the good thing about South End fans, and I say we, I mean, they're, they're, they're brilliant. They're passionate. They're wonderful fans. You know, they're very... I mean, they moan. Of course they moan. All football fans moan. But I reckon we're a pretty... Decent family kind of club, Kev. Would I be right on that? I think we're a good, yeah. a good yeah, knit, no. a good knit. We are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. And we travel. I mean, what do we do? That we we take. I say we. I'm look at me. Yeah. I, but I'm gigging, so I've got excuses. Not I'm not an excuse. Yeah. I'd love to go, but you know, we're taking a thousand away, aren't we? Fifteen hundred yeah. away. Yeah, I think. I think last year, you know, on average, we were the highest in the league of, of away attendances. It's that the same thing has started this year again. It's honestly the noise and. I think we played when we were at Barnet last year and there's a couple of Scunthorpe and at the end we always would go and clap the fans and the lads who we end up just standing there for minutes on end going looking going it's unbelievable mm. this mm. because yeah. because maybe the situation we're in and obviously the connection I think between the players and fans is is something I think if a lot of clubs would look and go it's hard to get that that's hard to you know there's it's hard for sometimes fans don't get on board with a team and they see but I think with the players we've got that they see they're trying. Know, every, every, they, yeah, give a, trying. they give a shit. They give a they shit. Do, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 
Kerry, just explain to us, really, what has happened in recent years. You talked about Ron Martin there, won't sell. Um, In 2007, the South End Borough Council gave the planning permission for the the new stadium at Fossil Park. 22,000, everything seemed rosy. It then took until 2022 for the plans to be finally approved. Now, you're talking about a 107-bed hotel. You're talking about high-rise blocks, 182 homes. Um, I think we're going to be on the corners of the ground, a little bit like um, what Brentford Football Club have done now with the Brentford Community Stadium. Um, but it's never happened. I mean, was that no. ever going to happen? I don't know, but the plans look fantastic. The, gr- the ground plans, they look out, out of this world. Uh, it's two, there's two things here. Firstly, if they did get that, that ground... They, they would sell that ground. This is the, the thing I know that Kevin's got deep down inside, that the, the fans will come. You know, I know it's an old cliche, you build it, they will come, they will. I think the problem as well is, and I don't know this, but the, this is rumours, Rumoursville, uh, that I think uh, Rochford Council and South End Council gave it all the green light and the go-ahead. And from what I know, there was some government body came in and went, no, 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 we want to check this. And rumoured, I don't know if it's true, then turned around and gave the club a million pound bill and then went, we're not sure yet. I don't know how true that was, Kev. Did you know about that rumour? No, listen, that's, yeah, uh, above my pay grade. I, I didn't no, know the full detail. It, it, it's probably only a rumour, and that's probably all it is. But that, that's, I think that's a bit of the difficulties that, that's been going on. Uh, also, the other thing is, uh, allegedly, the club, what, how much they want to, it's, it's ridiculous, the build price. It's, it's outrageous. It's millions, millions and hundreds of millions or something to build what the for? stadium. What for, Terry? To build the stadium. They, yeah, they it, want. It, in this day and age, you know, that that's what it costs. Yeah. Because we're now, you know, it, it would have cost far more um, because of what we're, we're in this financial trough than it would have cost say, three or four years ago. So that was always bound to happen. But I'm looking at it from a distance with a deal of suspicion in my head, thinking, was this ever going to happen? Really? Well, and the other thing... Meanwhile, Roots Hall, and I drive... My accountant lives in South End, and... Um, and you know him well, and so I drive to South End quite often. I pass Roots Hall, and you're thinking, "This is where Kevin. This is where Terry and I first met." Uh, it is. Sounds it like is. Bro- sounds like we got a bromance going on, dear. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. But, yeah, Roots Hall, and it, you know, for want of a better word, is dilapidated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think, I think, I think the other thing is, like you said, financially. I mean, it, it's you know, and other other constraints as well, which we don't know. We'll never know. But it's going to cost, as you say. I, I think many people, fans, uh, for people who've been to South End's ground as well, Roots Hall, away fans, which I know many have, uh, it, it, we would think it would be worth a lot of money to build on that ground, and that would be the the the, the payoff to to them pushing forward to putting money into to a new ground. But the other thing that we're hearing now is that Ron wants four point five million for the ground and one one pound for the for, to buy his share. So that's obviously to take debt on and whatever. But what worries me, Kevin, I don't know if you know this. There's a thing called ring fencing, and basically, what 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 might have happened here? He might have ring fenced everything around it. So Ron might actually own the car park, for example. You know, and then he goes, well, then you can't get into the ground, then can you? Do you understand what I'm saying, Kev? Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, I mean, you don't know. I know no. you say you don't know, yeah. but this, these are the things that 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 worry me. And this is only speculative. I don't know this is fact, but I just spoke to a friend who's a very big property guy, and he said, you know, the problem is what he might be doing is ring fencing. So, like I said, everything around the ground and absolutely up to the ground's front door will be owned by a company or him somewhere along the line. So, 
he still keeps a claw in it. But that, like I said, is just that's just speculative. That's not fact. Does, does he talk to you at all, Kevin? Ron, How, what's your relationship with him? No, I haven't. Listen, it's not. I deal with Tom Lawrence on a. Is the chief exec who's done a brilliant job on a daily basis. I've had contacts with the chairman, obviously, but mainly football. I don't get involved in in stuff that you know is is going on in the background. Um, so you know, it's, it's managing's a hard enough job, you know. With yeah, of course, with without getting involved in that, and that's not my not my remit. Um, what I've got to do is, is get a group of players on the pitch ready to play football, and you know, the moment I start trying to get you know outside of that, it becomes you know even more difficult and to comment on stuff. Where's Stan in all this as well now? Collymore. No, Stan's part of the you know football department. He was at the game last night. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've got a lot of contacts within the game that, um, yes, in the football department's an area that I think if anyone's looking at the club, you will see, you know, what a great position we're in. Yeah. And John's still still there? Yeah. No, John's still there. He was there last night. We, you know, I probably speak to him a few times every day. Um, he's not a bad say, man. To, he's not a bad man to cry on to a shoulder to cry on, is he, though? I no. Mean, the experience is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Listen, unbelievable man and you know he come into us when he probably didn't need to you know and, and what he's done in the game and um could go and enjoy himself but you'd speak of someone who's so switched on in football terms and you know has seen it all at you know every level um and his knowledge of the non-league game and you know contacts within the game the scouting network he's brought with the club with him to the club rather um for a club of our in our league to have what we have the resource mm. um, you know is, is incredible and he hasn't been able to you could one or two we had the young lad Jack Wood come on uh, made his first start last night who's one that we had identified early on and, and just had um, a knack of finding players that is second to none yeah and, and he's a nice man to boot as well yeah yeah an incredible very person. nice man yeah uh, uh, just just to Show my age. I remember when a very, very, very young John Still first came through as a player at Leighton Orient. Back <laughs> yeah. in the very early, I don't think I don't, I don't think he played many games there. But as a manager, you know, and, and, and in his role in football at Barnet, I think most famously Dagenham and Redbridge and everything. Luton and as well. Been, he did a good job at Luton. Yeah, he's been in financial peril once or twice, hasn't he? Has he been a comfort for you, Kevin? Yeah, listen, he's yeah, incredible. I think for everyone at the club and anyone that you know around there with you know like that calm knowledge of being in the situation before and and knows what to expect and you know we'll find the, the right word to write, say at the right time he we talk a lot and we say we talk about where Luton are and what Luton have done and I think he went into Luton at a similar stage and mm, he, there are yeah. a lot of similarities between the clubs and we think that is something that can happen for a club like us you know when you look at what Luton do, has done and you know how they're set up now and they're all on the same page all working on the together and there's uh, so many similarities we think that we can emulate to a certain extent and that that the truth of that as we spoke many a times it sounds like we've me and jonathan mm. like brighton fans but the the Paul barber the setup there is just incredible yeah. i mean that that is a note for any football club really we we had him on the show it was fantastic i mean it's just it's a big family and you know you're going to say yeah. something then jonathan it looked like <laughs> uh, no uh, you know i just i just you talked about Luton there, you know, Mickey Harper's done a fantastic job at Luton yeah. all the way through this. Um, he, he's a wonderful, a wonderful football man. John's still a wonderful football man, you know. Kevin Mayer, I, I, 
off the top of my 450 games when it, I think, yeah. you know, great football man having started his career didn't make it at Tottenham. He's a great football man. And yet great mm. football men, Terry, aren't there at the top making the decisions. So, no. you, you, you know, Bristol City in 1982, we had a wonderful chairman there at Bristol City, a wonderful man called Harry Dolman. Um, and, and, and then there was... Uh, uh, Mr. Hobbs took over, and, and as a little kid there, I, I, you, you only knew chairman as Misters, and he, he was fantastic. Um, and I think I told you the story once when um, Bobby Houghton was the manager, and uh, he didn't like me, and um, and I was working for Radio Bristol at the time, and I'd, I'd gone I'd gone over to the dark side as Alan Dix, who was the manager when I when I was around the football club as a kid. Uh, remember, he famously said to me, "What does he play the dark around with?" Now. Anyway, so then Mr. I was, I was, Houghton banned me, right, Kevin? Bobby Houghton banned me. He was a manager at Malmo to the European Cup final. Yeah. That's and uh, he banned me because I, on the radio I said they lost at Gillingham 3 0 and Portsmouth 3 0. They were on the big slide from top of the first to bottom of the fourth, 92nd in six years. And um, I'm, going, I'm waiting there to go in the ground and he's come up and gone, no, you're banned. You can't come in. I'm not letting you in. I stood at the door really? with my little tape machine and everything. And Mr. Hobbs came up and he, and he went, What's the matter, young Pierce? And I said, I've been banned, Mr. Chairman. You come with me. So we've gone down the tunnel, into the tunnel, and opened the dressing room door. And these these lads, the first team, have known me since I was little, right, seven, eight. So they're looking at me, and it, it, Hobbs has turned to Bobby Houghton and gone, Houghton? The players are looking at me, but Houghton can't see can't see me. He, he's, he, right, he's turned. He can't see the players behind him. And he's gone, Houghton? Young Pierce was here a long time before you were here? And it'll be a long time here after you've gone. All the players are pissing themselves behind his back. I can't. Ref- He's now looking at me, isn't he? So I can't reflect on this. They're all pissing at me and pointing at me and all this sort of stuff, pissing me laughter. And then he spun very, very quickly, and their their faces just went boom, like this, right? And uh, he was sacked. They got rid of him. So he was a great chairman. Then there was an interfighting, right? When they got rid of him, people came in. Alan Dixon, manager, was blamed for signing players on a 10-year contract because it was during freedom of contract. It was when he first came in. He was terrified. Uh, they'd lost a player called Gary Collier to Coventry for nothing. So he signed these players on a 10-year contract. You can understand the logic of it in the manager's mind, but they shouldn't have let him do it. You know, Even mm-hmm. when they decided to sack Alan, they gave him a new contract, I think, on the morning of his sacking. It was all balmy because they had no football. There were no football people involved. Mm. And that's 1982. And while they, they, you know, they they will say, well, they were supporters of the club, they put money in the club. They weren't football yeah. entrenched. And why, yeah. why are we why are we still going through this? Now? You beat Blackpool at Wembley uh, to the Millennium. Look at what Blackpool have gone through over yeah, the years. Yeah, Look yeah. at all these clubs that still. Why is this happening? Can you either of you tell me why this is happening? I is don't it, know. I, I don't know. So yeah. I remember speaking about this years ago with football people, like you said, and. and maybe 20, 25 years ago, and, you know, that someone said, you know, it's going to happen. One club's going to go. It's going to be a house of cards. It's all going to come tumbling down. And and, it, and if you think about football as well, I, re- I always think it reflects today's society as well, with the elite rich to to the absolute... You know, I've got two very good friends, right, who, uh, Gateshead. Mark, he's the kit man, right? And, uh, and Bernard, he's the vice chairman, right? And Bernard... Bernard, the vice chairman, he drives the van with the kit to every game, right? And I said to him, this is where we're at, right? I said to him, why don't you put the kit on the bus with the players, right? 
and sell the van, get some quidditch and put it on the pitch. And he went, no, 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 Terry, no. That that van earns a lot of money in the week because they use it for Amazon deliveries. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's where it's at, right, Kev? Yeah. I mean, that's where it's at. Yeah, they're brilliant stories, aren't they? Stuff like that and... It's just it, unbelievable, but yeah. and you and you think when you hear these uh these mega stars being sold on, you know, so and so is going for this and that, you know, uh, two hundred million. They're talking now for Sasala to go to uh you know the the Arab states and what have you. He, that that two hundred million, you probably could buy the entire first and second division, all the clubs <laughs> and everything. You know, that's where it's at. It's ridiculous. Anyway, we've got to take a break, Kevin, and we're going to come back and talk some more about that. JP and T, the football friendly. 
first and foremost, I think it's a testament to the recruitment that was done before we entered that, you know, with, with, with John and his team and identifying the right ones, the right type, etc. Um, yeah, you touch on someone like Cab Miley. He actually played left side centre half for us last night and looked like he played wow. there his whole career. And I think when you got, it's so important to have good people within that, you know, you small squads that are more tight knit, but they're good people. And it, where it's difficult, and probably for me is, even though it's hard, you're going in every day and you enjoy working with them. Mm. You know, because there's no idiots, there's yeah. no, there's no egos, there's no. They just they get on with stuff and they work hard and they want to do well. They want to do well for the team. And I think the same with the staff as well. If it was when it's been difficult, it's easy to, you know, to, to give up and not do and let things affect you. And they're going to at times. I think that's natural. You know what I mean? It's but the players have been been brilliant. And there's listen, they're not just good. People, they're good footballers. Listen, they're mm. very good players in their own right. And you know, to have them together. And I keep saying we're not far off being a team well, without the 10 points we would be fifth in the table and that's absolutely and, and, uh, and I also can I just say there Kev as well yeah. I also think that we you know as, I, as I'm a fan yeah. uh, you can tell me this if they hadn't had that 10 points I don't think we would have lost some of the games because they'd be on yeah. a, they'd be, you'd be on a trajectory wouldn't you a, 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 buzz, a, a, a bounce you would have been going through the bounce of games yeah. and winning games and I think that sorry to interject yeah listen yeah, a couple of games we lost that we've, like, we have we feel slightly unlucky we always probably standard wise we we're, we don't like losing any game but yeah I think what without the 10 points without an embargo so you're fifth sixth in the league mm. having not signed a player in a year so like and play the football we play I believe you know is, is a testament to the coaching that goes on and the organisation and the players and I think all of it added into the mix I think tells you we're not far off and you know with a few additions hopefully that we should be upright in the top of the end of the league and we should be talking about you know the first part of this show is about the football club and or, but not the football mm. and that's yeah. for too long what I want to you know I want to start giving praise to the people around the club and, and what they do um, rather than focusing on other stuff as much as I can and you know the players that how they play football and we, we had to change four players last night you know because we had two suspensions from the David weekend David Martin as well didn't you Got yeah, yeah Dave, <laughs> come back to guy. his dad's old club yeah, well, Albert, his dad signed me. It's funny enough, twenty-five years ago. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah so so Dave to like Dave hadn't played for for a long, long time, but was doing the coaching for another young keeper we've got who's who's been brilliant, but he got injured. Um, so for Dave to come straight in and you know he's kept a clean sheet and, and what another story as well. Yeah, hold on a second. You 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 could have looked. I mean, look at your screen now. I mean, yeah. you could have had, you could have, you could have had the cat and go here. Look, still still got it at fifty two, man. Yeah, yeah. I can't say it crossed my mind. I got you. <laughs> you nasty man. Um, so the you know the embargo that goes on. So how do you get players in if there's an embargo? Then how, what's the what's the work around it? If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's difficult in terms of we're allowed a squad of sixteen. Um, we couldn't replace the two suspended players. You can only replace for injuries. So, and there's got to be, it's not as easy as just some, go get someone from Man City, go get, you know, there's laws and rules and money and et cetera, how much you can pay and and stuff like that. So it's difficult, very difficult. And I didn't, you know, I don't want to bring loads. I hate bringing loads and loads of players in. I need people who know us and how we play and stuff like that. So So it actually might be, it actually might be a blessing in disguise that you're keeping the, you're yeah. keeping it nice and tidy in a way, instead of yeah. like filling yeah. the place up with like you got, 
you know, six, seven disgruntled players are not are not getting a gig, you know, whereas yeah. everyone knows they're going to be getting their shirt on. Yeah, and like we went to York at the weekend and, you know, Neil Ardley's just taken over there as a brilliant manager and, you know, they've brought a lot, a lot of players in and I looked at their list before the game and, you know, there's about, must be 15, 20 sitting in the stands. That in itself creates its own problem for a manager, you know, when you're spending mm. a lot of time worried about the players not playing. So, yeah, the plus side is you... They're all involved. They're all part of it. And I listen. I go back to when I played Tell and how you know a lot of the players in the team, how tight knit we were and, yeah. and together. And, and that plays an awful big part, well, in, especially at our level. We've said that many, many times on here, yeah. Kev. You can have a team of absolute superstars, but if you if you've just got a patchwork quilt of players, you're better off having a t- team of players who are not maybe of that standard, but are all mates and gel. You know, as a team yeah. and. Through every success I've known as a South End fan, and other people can will know this about their team that you know that there's there's a mass camaraderie, you know when you were playing and and Rob yeah. Newman came in and all that sort of time and we did really well because you were all together, you know with uh, um, Mark um, bloody oh God, Mark fa- fan- oh my God Mark Gower thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. One of my favourite players of all time. Yeah. Uh, I completely forgot his name. But, you know, Mark came in, didn't he? And he'd yeah. obviously come from Tottenham like yourself. And then Mark went back into the Premier League, didn't he? Yeah. I didn't need to go to Swansea and then, yeah. and then move up with that as well. So, Yeah. No, listen, Mark, I spoke to him yesterday, actually. So I'm still in touch with him, play golf. And and that's what you get, I think, when you have success with a group. You know, you, you form them bonds and, and they continue throughout throughout yeah. your career. I haven't seen Mark in a while, but I do know someone who runs a Tottenham Legends team, uh, John Eagleton, <laughs> and he said to me, he asked Mark to play, and he went, and Mark came back and said, I'm so too fat to be playing football. <laughs> <laughs> is what he said by his own accounts, but I think he turned up at the end, and when he did, he wasn't that big, but is, yeah. he, is he ballooned or has he kept himself back in shape? No, he did balloon a bit. He's, I think he's been in the gym a little bit, and he's uh, being listen. I think we've all had a balloon up. He's lovely. Yeah. He's a he, what? A, what a gentleman as well. What a footballer. Yeah. And what a gentleman. I've got a lot of time for him. And he, isn't his boy doing well as well now? Yeah, brilliant. You know, he's done. A, he's at Arsenal at the minute. He started at Southend Academy. Correct. That's to, right. Yeah. Yeah. I went remember to Arsenal and doing ever so well. And um, he scored, I think, in the EFL Trophy the other last week or a couple of weeks ago wow. against Swindon. So. He's a good footballer, you know, similar to his dad as well. Yeah, his dad was a fantastic... He, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, Jonathan, you know, people go, oh, I remember this, I'm yeah. sounding like an old man now, but he'd come down that left wing and what, as soon as you knew he'd dip that, drop that shoulder and so- sold the player, which he was so brilliant at, you'd know he was going to go in and bang it. It was it was phenomenal. It was like, I just, I've never had enough of watching, watching that. It was a wonderful footballer. Yeah. I, I just wonder, um, you mentioned last night, Jack Bridge scored, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and there's it, an interesting story. Jack Bridge well, he, is a player. He started at Southend, went yeah. back to Southend, so he'd, he'd have known better days there. Yeah. Do, do, do players like that, um, you know, come and talk to you about what's going on and how difficult it is for them? These people have got mortgages to pay for. Harry Carwell, who played for you last night, yeah. he's football, he's bred into football. His dad, play, his uh, granddad, I beg your pardon, played for Millward, played for uh, Hull. Um, Tom Wilson, I think his name was. Um, so the, you know these these are, some of them are steeped in football. Some of them have been in Southend before. And do they come to you at the moment and say, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? No, listen, they've they've all been paid, and you know they, yeah, they listen going forward. Then obviously that's we all look at it. But you know, I keep them updated of where the clubs are at as much as possible. Um, 
I always say they love being there. They love the football mm. club. They, you know, they play in front of six, seven, eight thousand, and you know, at this level, that's that's pretty rare. Well, and the other thing about Jack as well, Jonathan, yeah. you've got to remember. I mean, he went. I mean, he actually, to be fair to him, bless his heart. He got the shaft a bit, you know what I mean? He sort of was trying to get in the team and he was very young and then he got the shaft and then they put him out on loan and then he came back and then he just disappeared again. And then, great for the grace of God, he came back and went, oh, I'll play. And now, he's on fire. It's, it's, it's a wonderful story, Jack Bridge. Do you yeah. know what the other thing is as well? Talking about wages and stuff, where's the PFA in all this? Why, why yeah, the PFA? Is... I thought this was what the PFA was to back you kids up. I thought that was what it was all about. Yeah, I think that's more. Once you drop out the league, you've got it's just different rules and different uh, yeah, things. There's an assistance, of course, but it, but yeah. there should, in my opinion, but I personally think the PFA should be more hands on in this whole situation. I mean, I don't know about giving money out, but there should be because what I can never understand there is no one who goes to the. There's no policing, is there? You know what I mean? If you look back at obviously Portsmouth and when when your man came in, who was came in there, Jonathan Rich. He didn't yeah, have anything, did he? He had nothing. And look what happened to Portsmouth. They were very lucky, Portsmouth, to, to survive and be well, where they are now. I mean, the, the Portsmouth story is, is a whole is a whole other pro program. You know, people that came in afterwards, relatives of of uh, owners who weren't even allowed into this country because of uh, because of the personal situation um, for legal reasons. I mean, how that happened, I don't know. I can I can understand. I can understand. I can't condone it, but I can understand clubs shooting for the moon like Leeds United did when they were, you know, competing at the top end of the Premier League, so close in Champions League, shooting for the moon and therefore suffering for it. It shouldn't happen, but I can understand that. More than I can understand a general erosion, a corrosion of a football club yeah, that's a good to way go on it. for yeah. a decade and more like Southend United and the football authorities don't do anything. Mm. What do you what would you like to see, Kevin? The football authorities doing more. I think the PFA do a lot more. Certainly, yeah. going back to the eighty-two Bristol City, Ashton Gate Eight affair, they're, they're they're very bitter towards what the PFA did or didn't do for them at the time. I think they do a lot of good work, the PFA. But I mean, what, what about the other? What about the authorities at the top of the game, Kevin? Would you like to have seen them take a grip? No, let's just broaden this. Yeah. Not just South End United. Let's talk. You know, it's the Black Bulls. It's all these. It's, it's all these football clubs that have been in Paris. It's Berry Rochdale, football club. Oldham, everyone. And a Berry football club to allow to be go out. I mean, what what should happen here, boys? Come on, let's let's come up with a solution for this. Do we know? Kev? Kevin. Yeah, this is it's obviously a difficult one because you know how it gets to the stage it gets to. I'm not sure. You know, it's as a football person. It, it, I don't allow myself to go probably in them areas and mm. you know what goes on at other clubs I can't I can't tell um, but yeah too many clubs that do go close to the wire and is there something where money filters down I don't know you know to, to protect or ring fence but you know who's whose job is it to look after these clubs it's not the multi you know millionaire Premier League clubs is it they, they've got to get their own house in order and I think everyone else has obviously but yeah listen is there a system and, and way of protecting it I don't listen the answer I don't know well uh, you know let's put it this way you know when you when you left South End you went to Dagenham didn't you no I went up to Oldham oh you went to Oldham well yeah. let's go start there then that's yeah. fine so what was the difference there? I mean, was it? Did it feel totally different as a different club? Of course, did it feel? Or, or was there a similarity in in the fact that they were, shall we say, both lower league clubs? Was there yeah. a similar feeling? 
of like, well, we can't afford that. We we need no, to put tyres on a van. I don't think when I played at Southend, there wasn't that feeling at, anyway. Um, I think we were in a, they were in a good spot in League One and correct. Yeah, and, and we're going well, and I think we made the playoffs the year after I left. So I went to Oldham, who were pushing, you know, when League One as well. So both, you know, at the time, well-run clubs, and never an issue in terms of payment and stuff like that. But what about the feeling of the place? Did you feel like, yeah. oh God, that needs a bit of paint? And yeah, listen, I think that every football club will probably say that. I think a lot of the stuff you look at Man United and. I get, I, you read a lot and you hear stuff about how Old Trafford's being let go and stuff and Gary Neville goes on about it an awful lot that the, the upkeep of the stadium so for that to happen at a club like Man United I think yeah. you're naive to think it's not going to happen further down the chain no 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 well it's very sad it's it, it's you know I yeah. mentioned the, the Bristol City chairman who I, who I, I loved uh, dearly Robert Hobson Harry Dolman back in the past and their chairman at the moment is doing a wonderful job in his yeah. but at the top end of the game, it makes my heart bleed that it's no longer enough to have a multi-millionaire owner. That's not good enough. Roman Abramovich changed the nature of football in this country. It's not good enough just to have a Roman Abramovich. You've now got to have either a nation's backing, as in Manchester City, PSG and so on, or you've got to have these global corporations at the moment, 777 about to come into Everton if it goes ahead. The doubts about that. I think people look, need to look a lot more closely at that. These are the people that are coming in now to run football in this country. And whatever people say, the power of the FA, if there's 14 of these come into the Premier League, 14 clubs that are owned by foreign corporations, then the rules can be changed. They get a 14-man vote. They can change the rules. And what, wor- what worries me at the top end of the game you will get a game 39 situation where a game is played in the United States of America or China. These are things that concern me at the top end of the game that aren't being addressed. And if they're not being addressed at the top end of the mm. game, Super Leagues and all this sort of stuff, they're not being addressed. It's money, 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 money. They want money out of the game all the time. What hope is there for the wrong end of the game? The bottom end of the game, the wrong end, that's a very bad phrase. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. What, what, what hope is there for the... For, for for the shrimpers, what hope is there for the Jills? What hope is there for all these clubs down the down the bottom end? I, I, it it makes you know it makes my heart bleed. Sometimes. Nothing flutters down, does it? You think there would be something put in place? I'm not saying that the Premier League have to stump up for the lower leagues, but you know there there should be something. There should be some pot that when something happens, that the, the, at least the the lady uh, sorted out the the, the catering and uh, the, the the girls who work really hard up in the boxes and all that kind of thing. You know, there, there's that kind of stuff as well. That, 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 that They've just been left. And what's amazing, Jonathan, you know, they weren't getting paid and they were working their asses off. It was unbelievable to see. It was incredible, Kevin, wasn't it? And then yeah. they didn't yeah. just go, oh, we're not... Tur-. Most people go, I'm not turning up then. But they didn't because, because and dare I say it, you know, they are fans of the club. You know, they might not be into football, but they're fans of that family, you know. And yeah. they're 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 still working behind the bar, and they're still they're still digging the pitch up and and moving sh- you know shit around to make sure the gr- the grass is ready for for Saturday. You know it's crazy and brilliant at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's what makes football clubs, isn't it? Like like ours, and you know it's I, and we are totally you know we are totally yeah. blessed, it, and, it, and it is a wonderful wonderful thing, and and a very sad situation. But let's hope it comes good. We're we're at the end of our time here, which is unbelievable, Kev. It's been brilliant having you on, and. uh 
you know, I hope for your your sake, now me being the presenter of this podcast, you know, but I, of course, dearly, dearly hope for me and my fellow fans, because, you know, I've never seen my mum so uh, engrossed in the whole thing. My mum, she says, I wish that silly little man would go away and give, let you boys, you know, I feel so, she must, she still feels so fr- frustrated for the boys and girls of the fans of, of South would, End. Would, would, it, would it help out? I don't know whether it'll help out in any way. Well, might... you get your wallet out. No, no. If, if, you, if we, Terry, you organise a pub or a venue down there in South End, and we'll go down, we'll do a night down there, you and me. Well, we would can that come help and do out that. in any way. Well, we it would be it would be good to do that. We did a comedy night, me and uh, Gary yeah. Jackets and what have you. Kev came, and uh, he might have got a little bit of stick off me. I don't know. <laughs> It was very funny. Yeah, it was a good idea. Put poor uh, Benno mincing around yeah. with his clipboard. But um, <laughs> yes, why don't we? Uh, we could do. We could well do that. I mean, uh, we could do a Q and A and get and get some of the supporter clubs in, uh, supporters club in, and because they've been brilliant as well. You yeah. know, that, that's the other thing. We've got a fantastic supporters club. So we 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 well, let's try and see if we can organise that. Final word, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. We've got to go. Are you optimistic about the next few weeks? Yes, yeah, to be. I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Listen, I know behind the scenes a lot of work's going on. You know, and I believe in the people that are trying to do it, and and I believe in the people and the players and the football club. So, yeah, touch wood, and maybe we can reconvene when we're on a upward yes. trajectory, and all this is behind us, eh? Totally, totally, and, and no no sniff of uh, owners, or, or we've got to keep that quiet. New new owners. No, listen, I think that's you know, I think a bit's been in the press about the people that want to, want to come in and you know involved in that, and hopefully some news you know will come. Yeah. And some positive stuff will come of it. Well, it's a sticky situation because uh, I did look into it with a, a couple of other ex-footballers, and we were trying to get something together. But um, it's quite an interesting uh, situation, should we say? Um, it's not just about buying a club. There, it's a lot. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot intertangled, interweaved. Anyway, Kevin, as as a friend and a manager of Southend, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank really, you, mate. really brilliant. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Podcast Network.